I said, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Okay, so just watched Sonic 2, or Sonic the Hedgehog 2, whatever they called it. Um, initial thoughts, I enjoyed it, but I will say there's... It was a two-hour movie, and there was a lot of spots where they went too cheesy, too cringy, that really didn't serve the purpose of the story. They were literally just extra scenes shot for, I don't know, I don't know what the reason was. They weren't good scenes, they weren't funny, they were bad, they were over the top, just corny, cheesy, just not in a good way. Like, like the actual bad definition of like a corny or cheesy moment in a movie. All of those scenes could have been taken out. The movie would still be an hour and a half. And it would be better paced because it would actually have the moments of the movie that actually push the story forward. And not have all these other moments that just kind of hold it back. Other than that, the movie was funny. Besides, you know, those specific moments. Um, but the movie overall was funny. The cast was great. Idris Elba as Knuckles is awesome. I love Idris Elba. I love Knuckles. Just works out. He steals the show. Um, Tails is a nice addition. <clears throat> I like how they did everything. Like, it was really done well. Like, uh, bringing, in, bringing in Knuckles and stuff like that. Uh, the first Sonic movie, I was a little you know, hesitant about, and then when I watched it, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great or anything like that, and, um, this was a good sequel to that movie. It actually might be better than the first movie, um, but I also have a bias because, you know, I love Knuckles, so, you know, there's that, but, uh, it plays into both and stuff like that. The only problem I have is when they're setting up the third movie with Shadow, The, they were like, it's a secret facility that was set up, uh, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. It's like, I thought it was already established that Sonic was the first of his kind to visit Earth. So how would they have been able to create Project Shadow based off Sonic if Sonic was the first ever to appear on Earth? And he only appeared on Earth a couple years ago during the events of the first movie. So I'm a little confused by that, but maybe they'll explain it all out, or maybe I just missed something in the first movie, or something, I don't I have no idea. Um, but I love Shadow as well, so I'm excited for that to happen for the third movie. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed they have a third movie. I guess I, I didn't double check, but I'm pretty confident that's what I... I remember hearing the rumblings about it that it's been confirmed. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. If it isn't, I apologize. But, um, yeah, I think that'd be a good way to go. Because, you know, I think you've kind of gone as far as you can with Robotnik at the moment. Um, they don't find him in the rubble, so obviously he does survive. But I feel like you take a break for one movie and then you can bring him back for a fourth movie if you'd like to 
but uh, I think Jim Carrey is getting older. Well, didn't Jim, I don't know. There was rumor that Jim Carrey was retiring after this movie. I don't know. If you do end up recasting, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I think Jim Carrey is great. There was a there was very few moments where he was a little too corny, too cheesy, but most of his uh, scenes in this is actually fantastic, and he does a great job. Most of them, like ninety eight percent of his like on screen time is fantastic. The other two percent is part of that, you know, earlier discussion about removing from the movie, and it would be just fine. But 98% of it was fantastic. Um, so he drops a bunch of his rings. And he never goes and picks them up. So I don't know what the plan is with that. Like, they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, Knuckles also has a bunch of rings, but he doesn't keep them in a knapsack like Sonic does. Um... I don't remember what the actual origin story is for all these characters, like, playing the video games and stuff. I haven't played the video... I, like, I haven't played Sonic 1, 2, 3, and, you know, so on and so forth since fucking, oof, maybe 2008 or something like that. Um, I don't remember the last time I had a Sega Genesis. <laughs> it's been a long time. I've always, like, bought the... Sonic games for like PlayStation and stuff like that, but I even have one for the PlayStation, but I never really played them. I just always kind of like got them for whatever reason, you know? Um, I don't know, man. It's been a long time since I played a Sonic game in general. Um, so I don't remember like the actual stories or anything, but I kind of wish they would go more in depth of like where they come from and stuff like that. Um, like, is there more of Sonic... Well, there has to be more of Sonic kind if they decide to bring in the Pink Hedgehog and stuff like that. Like, um, they went into Knuckles' backstory, and he's the last of his kind, right? Um, and that plays into the same origin that we got for Sonic in the first movie with the uh, Songbird, you know, his um, parental figure in the first movie. And now just becomes like a, a mentor that like a, a remember a memory of a mentor, you know, because she passes away. And now he views James Marsden and uh, I just forgot her name, the Wachowskis or whatever their name was in the in the movie. But he sees them as parental figures now, and um, Knuckles and Tails becomes you know family. They're part of the family now, so now they become like. The, the trio that protects the emerald and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, the casting's great. Like, I like the casting in it. Um, I, I thought the movie was done well. Like I said, there's a good 30, maybe 35 minutes of moments that could have been taken out of the film, and the film would have been better served for. Um, like, a lot of the wedding stuff was unnecessary. Or, like, after the wedding stuff was unnecessary, like, during the uh, saving of uh, James Marsden, Sonic, and Tails. Like, there was a lot of moments in that that was unnecessary. About 2% of Jim Carrey's performance was unnecessary. Um, and there's some other spots that 
I'm not gonna get into each each detail or each scene that was unnecessary or each like spot of a scene that was unnecessary. But like I said, there was probably a good 30, 35 minutes that could have been cut from the movie, and the movie would have been better for it. But overall, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, I thought Knuckles was awesome. Uh, like I said, he stole the show. Just everything about it was just fucking awesome. <laughs> I had a great time watching it. Um, so I recommend, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Uh, I, uh, yeah, without spoiling too much, you know, that's going to be my, my, uh, take on Sonic 2. Uh, if you haven't seen the first one, I definitely suggest watching the first one. I probably should have rewatched the first one before I watched this one. Um, cause like I said, there's... I don't remember how much in like how much origin we got for Sonic in the first one, but some things that I would like to know is, um, is there more Sonics like more hedgehogs of his caliber? Um, also, are there like so he's a hedgehog and Echidna? I forgot what the animal was for Knuckles. I don't know why I keep forgetting. I don't remember how to pronounce it, I guess. That's the thing. Pretty sure it's an echidna, but I don't remember. Anyway, uh, so... Does, like, Earth animals that that are, you know, representative of those, like Earth hedgehogs, Earth echidnas, Earth foxes, do they still exist in this universe? You know what I mean? And what's the difference? Like, do they know about them? Do they know the difference between each other? I just think that'd be an interesting thing to know. Like, that has nothing to do with the film or anything like that. That's just more of, like, a, a question that uh, serves no purpose to the story that I would just personally would like to know. Not being told it... Well, I mean, they can make it, like, a fun, like a fun quirky scene, but it'd be unnecessary to do that. It's just more of, like, a, you know... Uh, do a tweet about it or something and I'll eventually read it or something, you know what I mean? But, um... I would like to know, like, where all, all these people, like, come from and stuff like that, you know? Like, different worlds and all that stuff. Um, the temple was really cool. Kind of a bummer that it kind of, you know, collapses. But it was awesome. And... Yeah, man, it's really good scenery. Uh, I, I felt like the scenes were shot well. I felt like the CGI and all the extra digital, you know, v, uh, you know, VFX stuff was. I thought it was all done really well. Um, it was just a good time. It's definitely not like there's moments where like they take the film sort of serious, but then like because of that extra half hour to 35 minutes of like bad corniness it it takes you out of the the movie being like compelling and stuff like that but overall it's meant to be like a fun movie just you know it's probably geared more towards kids um but i'd argue that it would it's more geared towards you know not not just kids but even people in their 30s or 40s, even, because, like, it's based on the Sonic video games, 
that started back in the 90s, you know what I mean? So, it brings you in with the nostalgia, and then there's moments of, like, it being compelling enough to, like, hold an older demographic, you know, in and stuff like that. But then they, like, do, like, a lot of the bad corny and bad cheesy stuff that, um, kids might enjoy. But then they also do great corny and cheesy stuff that, like, everybody can enjoy, I think. So, I don't know. The dynamic of the movie felt a little off just because of that extra half hour or so. Um... That's my personal take, though. Um, if, if you watch it and you feel different, then, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, we're meant to have our own opinions and all that stuff. So, you know, watch it for yourself and uh, let me know how you feel or enjoy it how you enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed it. I did have a great time watching it. I really did. It's definitely a movie that I, I would consider rewatching. I mean, not anytime soon because I just watched it. Like, it's not one of those movies that I can't wait to re-see it kind of situation. It's more of like, I'll rewatch it. So, like, if the th- if they if they do make a Sonic three, what I'll probably do is rewatch Sonic one and two before I watch Sonic three just to kind of refresh my memory on everything. And um, that that would be the moment where I'd rewatch it, and I'd I'd be okay with rewatching it. Like I look forward to rewatching it, because um, it's a well done movie. Like I have more, you know, feelings of wanting to rewatch this second movie than this first movie. Uh, there's great scenes in it, man. The the music selection, especially in the beginning, was fantastic. Uh, it was just a great time. The dance scene is probably. Like, the, the dance battle, once Sonic, like, plugs his iPhone in, or his phone, or whatever, and they start to, they start doing their dance routine, like, that was great. So, hope you enjoyed this segment, talking about Sonic 2, and, uh, hope you watch it for yourself. Uh, if you don't, that's your prerogative, you can do whatever you want, because I don't control you, you control you. Yeah, so, uh, as always, I need to figure out a good way to end segments, but until then, okay, so Justice League, episodes six and seven. The Enemy Below Part 1 and 2 This is the introduction of Aquaman uh, So Starts off with uh, Some I believe US military Submarine Situation um, Atlantis makes an example out of them They take out the ship And the Crew on board is starting to You know die Running out of air Drowning Whatever the case may be Right most likely running out of space for air because the water's filling the submarine. I, I presume. I have no idea. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern show up to sort of save the day. Uh, upon arrival, they get attacked by Atlantis. 
and then they finally, you know, are able to talk, and, um, Aquaman was like, you could take the people, but you have to leave the submarine, the ship, or whatever. Green Lantern's like, nah, it's got nuclear weapons or plutonium or some shit, I don't know. Green Lantern's whole point in this is just to complain about the pl plutonium that's on the ship. Or the weaponry that's on the submarine or whatever. That's basically all he does until the very end when he helps Batman. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, so they save the people. Superman implores Aquaman to come to the surface world and try to make a peace treaty or whatever. So he does that and his... Uh, there's a a contract to kill Aquaman put out. So Aquaman, you know, he's at the World Assembly. He's like, these are my terms. This is, you know, this is it. There's no negotiation beyond this point. And the the World Assembly's not having it. But he's like, it is what it is. If you if you don't adhere to these terms, then you know you just brought war on yourself. Um, so when he's leaving, that's when he gets attacked. Uh, he gets knocked out, hurt pretty bad. So, um, you know, they take him to a hospital, but they're not able to really figure it out. Batman figures it out. Then he recovers. Then they're trying to figure out who attacked him. You find out it's Deadshot. He's con he was contracted. Um, you find out later who it is, but it's pretty obvious who it is. You know, Aquaman doesn't want to wait anymore. So he leaves to go back to Atlantis. At this point, Orm, his brother, has taken over as king, and, um, yeah, so he shows up, and he's like, hey, I'm back, you know, arrest this traitor, and his guards do nothing, because they're upset about the service dwellers as well, so they actually bought into Orm's uh, plan of attack and stuff like that. So, they listen to Orm, they uh, lock up. Aquaman, then, you know, Queen Mera's like, I heard that my husband was back, and Orm was like, nope, it's all false, you know, he's dead, yada, 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 and then he also takes the child, then he's like, hey, you have to listen to me, if you don't, then something bad's gonna happen, um, Justice League go down to Atlantis to try to help out, this time they, uh, leave their, you know, ship or submarine or whatever, so that way they could try to get go by undetected. Um, Orm, he sets or he locks uh, Aquaman up with his child, and you know sets him up to fall down into like a, a lava pit or whatever. This is where Aquaman cuts off his arm, he saves his kid, shows up, um, and then they find out Orm had uh, went to the North Pole. They built a weapon there, but. Aquaman never weaponized it, but apparently that's what the plutonium on the submarine was used for to weaponize it and turn it on. And Green Lantern's like, uh, I shouldn't say I told you so, but I told you so. And I was like, what is with him and this fucking plutonium? <laughs> but anyway, uh, so they go to the North Pole. They have one big final... Well, before they go to the North Pole, Aquaman gets the surgery done to get the hook hand or whatever. Um... And then, uh, they all go to the North Pole. 
Aquaman's like, you don't have to be here. They're like, I mean, it, it involves us too, right? You know, the surface world. So, it all goes down. They fight and fight. And eventually, Batman figures out a way to shut it off. But it's damaged, so he has to go inside to shut it off. So Green Lantern, you know, uses his lantern ring to shield Batman. And so he's going in there. They're trying to do it. Aquaman and Orm fight. Aquaman gets the better of Orm, takes back the trident. Orm falls, presumably to his death, but, you know, probably not because it's a kid's show. Um, the war is over. Batman and Green Lantern able to successfully uh, stop the machine from going off or the weapon from going off. And it's like one of the first times you're going to hear Batman saying, like, because Green Lantern's like, ha, you did it. He's like, no, we did it. You know. And, uh, so that's that. So then they go back to Atlantis. And, um, all the, uh, guards that turned on Aquaman earlier, they were trying to say, uh, Orm made us do it. We, 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 you know, yada, yada, yada. And he was like, get them out of my sight. And I was like, yes, damn right. Justice. Uh, not a bad two episodes. I remember these episodes, but for some reason I don't quite remember the hook arm on Aquaman. I don't know why I don't remember those or that part of everything. But I do remember, you know, these episodes and stuff. I remember a lot of this TV show, actually. I must have watched it pretty regularly. Regularly. I can't talk today. I can't talk ever, apparently. Um, but anyway. Like, I mean, the only ones I really, like, I thought that I only really remembered was Static Shot, uh, X-Men, X-Men Evolution. There was a, a Spider-Man, but I, I don't remember if it was called just Spider-Man or if it was something else. Um, it was with the, it was with Peter Parker where he was kind of like predicted as like, you know, I mean, it was animated, but he looked kind of jacked and he looked older than like a high schooler or whatever. So I don't know. I want to say it was like Marvel Spider-Man and I'm pretty sure they did a video game after it. I'm pretty sure that's the, the one I'm thinking of. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. That and Batman, the animated series. Um, and Batman Beyond. Like, I remember all those vividly. And then I thought that maybe I just caught Justice League here and there. Oh, there's also that Superman show that I caught. I don't know if it was the same Superman from this animated series. I thought it was the Superman from, like, back in the day. But I think I might just be misremembering it. Um, but I used to have, like, a like a, a VHS tape of it and stuff like that. But as I'm re-watching these, man, I remember most of these, like, a lot more than I thought I did. You know what I mean? Which is great. You know, re-watching, nostalgia, and stuff like that. I mean, not including, like, Pokemon, uh, Nickelodeon shows, and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I'm just specifically a superhero-related shows. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm remembering a lot more than I, than I thought. Because I don't remember being super into these shows back in the day, but apparently I was. Because I'm remembering a lot of this. And I remember enjoying a lot of it. I definitely enjoyed Batman Beyond, Static Shock. Static Shock's probably my favorite of all the... And, well, it was at the time. I don't know if it still is, I guess. 
We're gonna find out when we rewatch uh, re all these shows. Um, but X Men and X Men Evolution, I remember being big into those, and um, that Spider Man. So it was like Spider Man, X Men, X Men Evolution, Static Shock, and Batman Beyond. I remember being super into those, and I remember enjoying Batman the animated series and Batman. Uh, shit, what was it? The new Adventures of Batman or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and the Superman uh, show as well. I remember being like, or I remember enjoying those, but I, they weren't like, you know, my favorites to watch and stuff like that. Uh, but fuck, man, I don't remember. Wait a second. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I think I might have found the Spider Man. I think it was the Spider Man that ran from 94 to 98. I think. I wish Wikipedia would do more like pictures instead of just the, the one. I'm pretty sure that's the one that I remember. So I'm pretty sure I remember that. And then X-Men, which is being... I think it's being redubbed as X-Men 97 now, right? But this is showing that this debuted in 92. Oh, 92 through 97. A revival of the series, X-Men 97, is set to be released. Yeah, I remember this being a fucking, like, a smash, like a banger. And then I liked Evolution. At first, I wasn't a huge fan of the color change on Wolverine's costume and stuff like that, but we can talk about all that stuff when we rewatch the Marvel animated shows. Um, the reason why we're starting with DC is I don't currently have access to Disney+. Plus. Uh, and every, anytime I do, it's usually just like a just one 30-month period, and I can't guarantee that I'm going to sit through, you know, all the episodes within 30 days and stuff like that. And so, you know, I have access to HBO Max, at least for the time being. And um, I was like, might as well just, you know, utilize it by watching the DC stuff. So that's why we decided to start with DC. Um, and I'm starting with DC Animated Universe specifically just because I do remember quite a bit of these shows. And I remember enjoying them, especially Static Shock. I really wanted to rewatch Static Shock, and I was like, you know what? Let's just wait and do it for the podcast. So, uh, I think that's coming up, though. After, well, no, because I think we have like the Zeta Project or some shit like that. DC Animated Universe. Roller. List of DC. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Just sleep. Fuck. Yeah, so we have the Zeta product. The Zeta project comes next. We have to sit through uh, 26 episodes of that. And then we get the Static Shock. And man, that's going to be awesome. It's only 52 episodes, but fuck. 
I remember being awesome. So I remember a little bit about the new Batman Adventures. Not much, though. At least not, like, I don't know. I guess what, like, when we rewatch all this stuff, that's when I realize how much I do remember, you know what I mean? Um, if Superman the Animated Series is the one that I'm thinking of, I'm going to be a little bummed out, because I could have swore the one that I remember enjoying the most as a kid was, like, made way back in the day. Like, way, way back in the day. Uh, but I don't think they did. That might have been the first animated series regarding Superman. Here we go. Film, yada, yada, yada. I mean, they did a bunch of, like, live-action stuff. And a lot of people forget about that. Like, when people talk about Batman and Superman cinema and, like, even just Captain America and stuff like that cinema, they only, like, do the movies that were made in recent, like, history. Like... Starting with, like, Superman from, what was it, 78 or something like that. And, like, well, I guess Batman, the series from, like, Adam West Batman. And then Superman. And then Keaton Batman, Kilmer Batman. Uh, Clooney, the best Batman. And then Bale, Affleck, Robinson. And the Superman, you know, Reeves, Ruth, Cavill. Like, a lot of people don't really consider the the old live-action stuff that, that was done back in, like, the 40s and 50s and stuff. Which is fine. Not that big of a deal. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, a, wait a minute now. Oh, yeah, it was 78. It was right in fucking front of me. <laughs> uh... The first big budget. No, that's not what I wanted. That's also not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. Paramount Pictures. Oh, sorry, my ear itched. Like crazy. I think... Yeah, no. I'm definitely remembering the Superman um, cartoon by Paramount Pictures. Um... They were like, what, what was it, like 8 to 10 minute episodes? Like, there were short episodes. Uh, but, like, that's where I remember it's like, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman! I remember having, like, a VHS tape of, like, a bunch of them. Um, huh. They got them on DVD and online now. I didn't know that. Four volumes were released where each volume contained two selected episodes of the classic 1950s TV series Adventures of Superman. One black and white and one color episode. Yep. Oh, maybe it was Adventures of Superman. Regardless, I remember enjoying the shit out of, like, the old... Old, old Superman animated show. But I think I watched the 90s one too. I don't know. We're going to find out when we start watching it. It's kind of funny. George Reeves played Superman in the 1950s uh, animated show. And then uh, <coughs> Christopher Reeves ends up playing. Um, 
Superman in like the the movies or whatever. I don't think they have any relation, but uh, they might. I don't know. It doesn't say anything on the Wikipedia page. I guess his 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 real name was George Kiefer Brewer, so yeah, probably not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, if I'm able to find them, I don't know if I don't know if um, HBO Max has the old old ones. I don't think I have the VHS tapes anymore. I used to have a bunch of VHS tapes. I wish I would have kept them all, but I've been like, I was kind of moving around year to year, and my parents ended up moving out of the the last house that I lived, you know, in with them, and I was like, you know what? I don't even have a VHS player anymore or VCR, so I was like, fuck it, you know, throw them away, throw them away. Who cares? And then. You know, a couple years after that, I was like, fuck. I really wish I would have kept them all. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. I made a decision, and I regretted it. So, that's normal. But anyway, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the two episodes. They were focused on Aquaman. It kind of makes him an honorary member, not like an official member. But, you know... By the time JLU comes around, he's an official member. He just doesn't, like, stick around all the time. Because, you know, he's the king of Olympus, or Atlantis. So, he has to spend most of his time undersea and stuff like that. The next one that we got to do is episodes 8 and 9. It's Injustice Part 1 and 2. It looks like the next few episodes here. One second here. One, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah, so the next... Or... The next, uh... From episode 8 all the way through episode 23... They're all gonna be part 1 and part 2s. So basically we're just gonna do 2 episodes per segment. And then, uh... 24, 25, 26... They're, uh... Part 3, uh... Story arc, so... I wonder if that's how season 2 is as well. I don't know. I'll check later on, but... Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I'm enjoying the series so far. Animation is, you know, so-so. I mean, you gotta remember the time frame that it was made in. Uh, And honestly, like, some of the shows back in the day, like, even, like, watching it now, the quality is a little bad, but that's just because uh, of, like, having to, you know, put it through the process to try to, like... Uh, improve it with like 4k or 1080p or whatever but I like the animation style of back then better than I do of like a couple of shows today like the new Rugrats I haven't watched an episode or anything like that I'm just not a fan of that animation style I like the old Rugrats animation style uh, I think it's a better animation style that's what I like about Family Guy Family Guy's only gotten better like quality wise but they keep the same animation style they just improve the quality of it as technology improves like that's what I wish most you know shows would do uh, cause that's that's the cool stuff but you know it is what it is eventually we'll start doing like other shows that I really enjoy like Jimmy Neutron Fairly Odd Parents, Rocket Power Hey Arnold Rugrats All Grown Up and etc 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 
I have access to Paramount Plus now, so um, we'll see what you know. Whatever's available at the time that we get to it will be. But for now, we're going to continue with the DCAU. Uh, go through all the TV shows, then go through the movies again, except for Book of or uh, Mask of Phantasm. I didn't think that was that great of a movie. I think it's overrated, and the reason why I say that is because everybody regards it as like one of the greatest animated films of all time, and I just don't see it, don't agree whatsoever. I don't even think it cracks the top 100. I don't even know if it's top 50 like superhero animated films of all time. I don't think it's that good. Maybe I will rewatch it. You know, I remember watching it as a kid, and then I watched it recently for the podcast it might have been for the other podcast we were doing so the episode might not be up anymore but I don't know if it is on this specific podcast like a previous episode I remember not really enjoying it that much like I remember it not being bad but not being good either you know what I mean I don't know maybe we we maybe we will rewatch it just to see if I was tripping or if I was on point. I don't fucking know. But till next time, this has been the segment. So uh hoo hoo. Okay, so Justice League episode uh eight nine. I'm pretty sure. I just forgot. Just forgot. Eight nine, yeah. I should have it pulled up, but it's alright. So Injustice for All Part One and Two um, so, the basic story for this is Lex Luthor is now in prison. Um, he's hearing this, like, it's not opera, but it's some sort of, like, singing that's similar to opera, but it's, like, uh, pretty sure Japanese? I don't know, some, uh, Asian, Asian culture, um, singing, I can't remember what it's called. I know what it is, too. Anyway, uh, Ultra Human Knight is, you know, his cell or his next door neighbor or whatever. Um, so they, he tells, or, you know, whatever. And he's been a model, like, prisoner. Like, like he's a bad guy, but he's also not, like, too terrible. Like, he's kind of, I don't know. He's not really reformed, but he's sort of reformed. I don't know. You know, his story, or, like, his, like, story throughout these two episodes is a little confusing, because, okay, so, Lex Luthor offers him a bunch of money to help him out or whatever, right? And he was like, what purpose do I have for money? And then Luthor's like, well, if you have enough of it, or whatever... So they break out of prison. Ultra Humanite is able to break them both out, right? For those that don't know Ultra Humanite, uh, originally he was like Superman's like first villain or nemesis or whatever. He was just like a mad scientist. Uh, and then Lex Luthor came around and then Lex Luthor got more popular and became like the number one villain for Superman. But in the 80s, I think 81, Ultra Humanite like did like a body swap or whatever so now he also became like a a, a humanoid gorilla basically um so now essentially he's just gorilla grod but 
a weaker version, I guess. But they both have telepathy, so... I don't know. I don't really know. Anyway. He's in it, this episode. Ultra Humanite. And so they escape. They start plotting or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Luthor employs a couple other villains like Copperhead. Um, the one magic lady that I can't remember her name. Cheetah. Uh, Shade? I heard them call him Shade. He's the guy that has like this like cane that can like project shade and really cause some damage actually. It's actually quite cool <laughs> that he could do all that, you know. Um, and uh, Solomon Grundy. I think that's it. So yeah, they do that. Uh, he employs them to take out the Justice League. That's his whole plan. Take out the Justice League, take out the Justice League, yada yada yada. So, the first time they do it, they don't succeed. Copperhead gets caught, he goes to jail, yada yada yada. Um, but they keep trying, they keep plotting, and Luthor is, like, struggling with his cancer. Oh, yeah, because, you know, we find out that he has cancer. Because uh, the Kryptonite, eventually, him and Humanite, like, I don't know if they worked together on it, or if Luthor did it himself, and Humanite was just the one to pull the levers, but they build his, like, vest slash, like, exosuit to help stabilize the cancer and stuff like that, right? So that happens in the second, well, the second episode, but it happens throughout the story arc in this series, okay? Um, but before all that happens, they're able to capture Batman with the help of Joker, and Joker kind of joins the team, you know, replaces Copperhead, if you will. Um, Luthor doesn't want to leave Joker alone with Batman, and yada, yada, yada. But Joker kind of weasels his way into being alone with Batman, and then eventually, um, you know, after a couple failures, they, or after uh, they try to set up a bomb, somebody tips off the Justice League, and they're able to uh, do it without any issues. And Luthor figures out that there's a, uh, a traitor. They all think it's Cheetah because uh, Cheetah, like, uh, Batman kind of talks her, talks to her or whatever, and then she kind of uh, has a moment uh, where she kisses him. And so they assume that she's the one that does it. You find out later that it's actually Ultra Humanite that did it. I thought it might have been the Joker, but... Um, so I was wrong there. Like I said, I'm not always right with my predictions. A lot of times I am, but not all the time. Uh, Batman also got the Ultra Humanite. It was all about, basically, more money and yada, yada, yada. But the team's about to disband after the bomb explosion. And he's like, I'll, tri I'll double your money. I'll triple your money. And then they decide to stay. And he's like, all right. But after we figure out who's the traitor, they're like, a traitor? He's like, yeah, you don't think they just figured the bomb out on themselves? Somebody tipped them off. And, you know, that's how that all plays out. So they all blame Cheetah. And then uh, Solomon Grundy relieves Joker from Batman's quarters. And 
he uh, well Batman's you know locked up right Batman asks for some water and then he squirts the water to destabilize or to like you know take off the masking situation so that way he can contact John Jones he's able to contact John Jones and Justice League comes save the day Batman escapes and there's a brawl that happens so everybody's fighting everybody yada 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 this is when you see Lex's full exosuit uh, in play and you know obviously the bad guys fall Humanite helps out Batman and you know they kind of talk and then like the episodes end with Humanite and Lex Luthor back in the cells from the beginning of the story arc and he's playing the music again and Luthor's like you know freaking out right not a bad uh, not a bad two episode story arc I kind of wish they wouldn't have used the Injustice I don't know Injustice the video game wasn't a thing yet you know but I really like the game <laughs> and while Injustice 2 wasn't as good as the first one it still wasn't terrible right it's the movie the animated movie they did that was lackluster and I don't know I wish they would do a live action adaptation of the Injustice storyline, but they have to do it right also. B, um, so anytime I see the name Injustice when it comes to DC, I'm just like, man, I just think of that game. But the game didn't come out until like 2009, I, I want to say. And this show came out, in, you know, was it 98 or 2000? And it doesn't matter. It might have been 2002, actually. No, it couldn't have been 2002. I think it was 2000. Doesn't matter. Um, but it kind of made sense, but... I wish they would have used more... Notable... You know, villains... For each member of the Justice League. So... I guess... I guess Cheetah... Is a prominent Wonder Woman villain... So, she makes sense, I guess. Um, who is Wonder Woman's, like, top nemesis? I guess I've never really thought about it before. Wonder Woman. Top nemesis. Quick Google search tells us. Well, not quick, because my internet sucks. It keeps cutting in and out. Okay, Wonder Woman has had a fair has had well, sorry. Wonder Woman has a fair number of villains. Her greatest enemy and often the main reason for her superhero career is the God of War Ares, or earlier Mars. Was DC just using the name Mars instead of Ares? And then they decided to switch to Greek and started calling their gods and stuff Ares? Well, I don't know. So that's what the DC fandom uh, excerpt says. And then it says other enemies include multiple incarnations of the cheetah, 
the sorceress Circe, the misogynist Dr. Psycho, and the giantess Giganta. Other enemies, Amazons of Themyscira, Wonder Girl, Justice League. That can't be right. <clears throat> but then it says Archvillains, Ares, Cheetah, and Cersei. But then if you go people who ask, who is Wonder Woman's number one enemy? Number one says Cheetah. It's arguably the most recognizable of Wonder Woman villains, perhaps even winning the title of Archvillain to the iconic hero. But that's by a website, bookriot.com. I don't know. Ares makes sense. Cersei. As well. And I know Cheetah, but... I don't know. In this context, it would probably be Cheetah. I don't think Ares and Cersei would team up with just other supervillains for no reason. Maybe Luthor could talk one of them into it, actually. Well, probably, uh, well, not Cersei, but probably Ares. He probably could talk Ares into a team. Uh, we'll, we'll go with Cheetah. I mean, that's fine. Or Giganta. We'll go Cheetah. So Cheetah for Wonder Woman, Luthor for Superman, Joker for Batman. Um, Reverse Flash for Wally. Well, who is Wally West is like number one? Wally West. Arch Nemesis. So it's Zoom. Hunter Zolomon. Right? <clears throat> but he also goes by Reverse Flash. See, this is the one thing that I liked about the CW, the Flash series. They separated Reverse Flash from, like, Professor Zoom and stuff like that. Um, to me, it was just a nice touch. Yeah, because, like... Barry Allen's arch nemesis would be Reverse Flash. So Zoom would be, you know, uh, Wally West's. That's what I'm going with. I don't care. <laughs> so Zoom for Wally. Uh,. I don't know about Marsh Manhunter and Jon Stewart. Like, is Sinestro just all of Earth's Green Lanterns? Um, you know, Arch Nemesis or what? John Stewart. Yada, yada, yada. Enemies. Okay. Okay. Um. 
Well, this doesn't work. <clears throat> Brainiac. Isn't he, like, kind of everybody's, though? I don't know. Well, let's just say Sinestro. Because he's kind of an, uh, an enemy to, like, everybody. That the Green Lantern Corps, so... I'm sure there's other people. But there's no, like, quick way to find it. Uh-oh. Wait, what? Wikipedia is trying to say that John Diggle is the live adaptation of John Stewart. They're trying to say that his original last name was Stewart, not Diggle. But nowhere in the series has that ever been mentioned. I was portraying him as a version of a Green Lantern, but not John Stewart. He'd make a great John Stewart. Like I would say, if you want to do John Stewart in the movies, bring him along. I love David. Uh, I love David Ramsey though. Um, he was fantastic. Honestly, I wish they would have just, you know, had him continue to be Greenland or Green Arrow after Oliver's death. But don't get what you want. So it is what it is. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so Shaira, Hawk Girl, I'm not entirely sure about her or Martian Manhunter. So there's three that I'm not entirely sure about, but pick whatever top, you know, nemesis that they have and then do that for, like, the Legion of Doom and stuff like that. But, you know, what they ended up doing was probably more, like, subtle and more accurate. And there'll probably be, like, a larger Legion of Doom situation throughout the series. Like, I find it hard to believe that you know, Lex Luthor is going to be locked up for the rest of the series. I mean, we start off JLU with him not behind bars uh, and kind of portraying this reformed, you know, man or whatever. So I imagine at some point he's going to get f free and start acting that way. Also, Brainiac has to you know, take over his body. So, like, all of that has to happen in this series, you would think. Because this series uh, is the prequel to Justice League Unlimited. Like, Justice League Unlimited is, like, officially the sequel series, you know. Like, you watch them in tandem, basically, right? At least that's, you know, how it was intended to be watched. I decided to watch JLU first. <laughs> But I remember all these episodes from, like, when I was a kid and stuff like that. Um, not every single detail or anything like that, but there's, like, the overall story arcs, you know, I, I remember them pretty much as a kid. Um, now, obviously, I miss key information. Like, I forgot that Human Knight helped tipped off Batman and stuff like that. But, you know, honestly, that kind of stuff is, like, minor details in the long scheme of things, if you really think about it. I don't know. 
I enjoyed it though. Uh, so far, Ju Justice League has been good. Um, I still think that Static Shock is my favorite, and I'm hoping when we rewatch it that it holds up, because I will be real bummed out if it isn't. But I remember Static Shock being fucking fantastic. Like, I remember it so much to, like... So, season one, he had, like, the garbage can lid. And then I remember when season two dropped, like, he got, like, the upgraded stuff. And I kind of missed the trash can lid. But... I don't know if I remember every single episode. Like, I didn't realize there was four seasons. <laughs> but back then, I didn't really pay attention to seasons or anything like that. I just kind of... When it came on, I watched it. You know what I mean? Like, I was the same way with Jackie Chan you know, the adventures or whatever, the adventures of Jackie Chan, like, that went for five seasons, I think, or it ran for five years, I don't remember, but that shit was all fucking dope, dude, uh, the coolest part about that show was, like, the, um, the toys that it, that they did with, uh, Burger King, what the fuck is this? Oh, Crackle. Oh, Crackle's got Jackie Chan the Adventures. Shit, man. Maybe we'll have to watch that to see how, how that held up, you know? But anyway, uh, they had, like, toys and stuff. And they had, like, a breakaway table. It was perfect for action figure wrestling. Man, I wish I would have kept it. It probably broke, though. I don't know. Maybe someone has it on eBay or Amazon or something. The old Jackie Chan Adventure Burger King toys. That was cool about fucking fast food restaurants back in my day, you know. They had cool toys that weren't geared just towards young children. They were geared towards more of like, you know, kids, but also like pre-teens all the way up until like 16 even. You know? I think since like 2010 they started you know shying away from that and just kind of gearing it towards more like toddlers and now I don't even think you get a toy with kids meals and stuff like that I could be wrong I don't know man some of those toys were fucking awesome back in the day and the Burger King also had that Backstreet Boys like pro like promotion stuff that shit was fucking dope. And, you know, Ronald McDonald and his friends, used, they used to have, like, animated shows and, like, little animated movies about it. <sighs> Things were just better, man. <laughs> but anyway, Justice League's uh, Season 1, Episode 8 and 9, Justice for All Part 1 and 2. Like I said, it was, it was, it was good stuff. Um... Nice little teaser for uh, a Legion of Doom kind of situation. Also kind of a uh, foreshadow for the secret society that you see in Justice League Unlimited. So that was nice. Um, it's Ultra Human Knight. It's not Grodd, though. That's what Justice League has. Justice League Unlimited, that's Grodd. So it's Grodd, uh, Secret Society. And this, it's... They don't really call it anything. It's just like a... It's not even really a team-up. Well, I mean, it is a team-up, but... 
Luthor's paying them to be there. But they don't call it Legion of Doom or anything like that. He just employs them because um, they fit the skill sets that he thinks is required to take down the Justice League. Now, he second guesses that as soon as, you know, they fail the first mission, but he keeps them around because he's got a plan and it, it involves these specific people. So, it was a good time. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment, as always, and, uh, hoo-hoo! Okay, so, watched a movie called Unlocked, it's a 2017 action thriller film. Directed by Michael Apted. Apparently it was his last film before he died in 2021. Uh, it was written by Peter O'Brien. <clears throat> excuse me. Starring uh, Numi Rapace, Orlando Bloom, Michael Douglas, John Malkovich, and Tony Collette. Sorry if I mispronounced any of the names. Um, this film never hit my radar. I just saw it down on HBO Max. And... Uh, it's leaving May 31st, so it was one of those where I just... Sometimes, like, what I do is I just scour the last chance kind of situations. Uh, that's why I wish Netflix had uh, leaving soon or something. Like, um, sometimes they do, like... I don't know. I guess I never really noticed, like, a list of leaving soon for Netflix. But they'll sometimes they'll give you a notice that, hey, this is leaving... Uh, February 28th or whatever the case may be HBO Max does it they have like a last chance one and, it, and it's a legit one like it actually works like I like how they do it Tubi has it as well but honestly most of the movies that are on the leaving soon list or whatever ends up staying on the Tubi you know platform well past or for a long time so that one doesn't really work as much but so HBO Max works great, though. Sometimes I'll just, you know, look at that and find some things that I haven't seen. Specifically, I'll find the ones that I added to my list already, and then, like, I'll look at those, and I'll unclick the my list and then just watch it or something, uh, depending on when it gets removed or whatever. But uh, apparently it didn't hit many people's radars because it only made $4.7 at the box office. Like, I don't even remember seeing a trailer for this. I mean, it's possible I might have, but I don't remember it at all. Um, but I thought it was a really solid film. I don't know if Orlando Bloom should have got, like, the second star name or whatever. But, because he wasn't, like, he wasn't in it very much. Like, he was in it for know, about a third, maybe half, but that was about it. Uh, but the film is led by Numi Rapace. Uh, she plays Alice Racine, a CIA interrogation officer. And so, she's not, so when the film starts, she's not really retired, but she's on like an assignment that isn't really uh, anything like spectacular or anything like that. She kind of just plays like a undercover agent in London, working at a uh, shit. I forgot what it's called. Uh, a community center type situation and you know she doesn't do anything too crazy like she doesn't she doesn't go in the field anymore or anything like that but um, a situation is happening with a possible terroristic event 
with a Moroccan like leader um, where they feel like they're going to they're setting up an attack like a big launch attack or whatever and they pick up the messenger and um, so the only person that they can call in to do an interrogation uh, is or the closest person is Alice and with this big event happening and it being time sensitive a team pulls Alice in so she gets all the stuff that she needs she doesn't reveal all the information to you know the other CIA officers at least the people that are posing as CIA you find out that they're dirty they're corrupt and so she tries to escape with the prisoner the Moroccan prisoner but unfortunately he dies uh, during the runaway uh, but she takes care of the other members, well, most of them at least. She gets away, she goes to her, like, immediate mentor, or like, officer or whatever, the person that trained her, Michael Douglas. You kind of get some vibes from him that he might be dirty. Like, you kind of, the, the film is kind of predictable, I'm not gonna lie, but, um, it's still a good time, I still enjoy it. I, I like these kind of films to make you try to predict who's going to be bad or who's going to be the person to, you know, screw you over and stuff like that. Um, in this film, it's kind of easy to do, but at least for me it was. I don't know if that's for everybody or not, but um, it was still a good time to watch. So, Michael Douglas uh, stages his death or whatever, so she's sad. She thinks it's this, this, and that. So she goes to this loft that, like a safe house that he said that he had set up, uh, and then she um, finds Orlena Bloom's character, who plays ex-military and stuff like that, says that he did uh, the Iraq War and stuff like that, um, and she ties him up because he's robbing the place. So we assume he's just like a like a you know guy that a criminal or whatever that robs places and stuff like that. Uh, ex-military, yada, yada, yada. You find out later that he was actually working for Michael Douglas and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah. You find that out later. But anyway... Um... <clears throat> she tricks the, C uh, the U.S or she tricks the CIA because they think that she turned, like she's bad. So she fakes a call from a building, uh, the, the building across from her, and she uh, watches as the woman's home gets breached by British officers because they were the closest and stuff like that. Um, so as she's escaping, they also breach her building, and they catch her and stuff like that. They get her tased, which kind of knocks her out. And Orlando Bloom's character escapes from the duct tape that she put on him and ends up saving her, and they escape and stuff like that. So uh, she thinks that, you know, he's helpful and he's got her back and stuff like that. But when they f they figure out a plan, she calls this girl that works at MI5 or MI6. I think MI5. I don't know. MI5 or MI6, one of the two. <clears throat> uh, they've kind of been interacting since she's been in London anyway, but she trusts Alice, and she actually believes Alice and stuff like that, so she doesn't, like, 
tell the CIA or anything like where she's at or whatever. She just kind of trusts Alice's judgment and goes with the plan that Alice has set up. Um, so Alice Orlando, and uh, Orlando Bloom, whose name is Jack in the film, uh, they go set up a stage, you know, situation to try to figure out where um, the uh, the the Moroccan guy that ended up that that was interrogated and stuff like where his phone's at because they need the phone to figure out the meeting place and stuff like that. But they meet with the imam, uh, like the you know Mor- <coughs> excuse me Moroccan leader and stuff like that. Find out that the messenger was actually sent there to do a peaceful message and, and like to stop the attack from going on um he was like we're just you know the the violence is going too much or whatever and uh so they get all that information and then they go to uh find this one guy that you know went running off trying to call somebody and stuff but in the meantime you know uh emily the mi5 or mi6 agent whoever it was uh, she calls Alice and says, "All right, we already got the phone. We know where the meeting's at. Yada yada yada." And as they're leaving to go back down the elevator to, um, you know, well, whatever, Jack slips up and says something that, uh, you know, question makes uh, Alice question. And then you know we find out that's when he, we find out that he is working for Michael Douglas. We don't know that it's Michael Douglas at the time, but I kind of assumed something. Um, so they go down the elevator it's like 19 floors eventually this guy with two like Rottweilers show up and then Alice you know gets one of them to attack and then he attacks the guy and the dog and then uh, she, they also brought in this like you know guy that like helps Alice out time from time and um, immediately when he started helping them out I was like man he's gonna die this is gonna be sad and I was right he ended up dying which was sad because he has a kid and a wife presumably and his mom's in town it's just just sad but anyway he tries to save Alice doesn't work Orlando Bloom character stands up goes to shoot him but then he gets shot in the back or you know he gets shot to death by the guy with the Rottweilers because he's pissed off (laughs) And uh, Alice and the one guy just leave. Then they go to do the meet and stuff like that. It ends up being staged. So you find out that there's a, an MI5 or MI6 agent or whatever named something Wilson who's on the current security detail. He's acting kind of weird. So I was like, he's turning for like he's he's one of the bad guys for sure. So you find out that he was actually like one of the uh, inside men for Michael Douglas's character as well. Um, before the boat arrives, he ends up taking out all the other snipers, and then he goes to the to the to the van or whatever, shoots Emily, but shoots her in the chest. So it you know she had her bulletproof vest on. Shoots the other people in the van. Then he shoots. Well, he ends up killing the guy that helped out um, Alice, the guy with the kid and stuff. But the guy that appeared on a boat, they start doing the, he thinks it's Mercer, but it ends up not being Mercer. I mean, if you pay attention earlier in the film, he's one of the guys that are in the, or that are a part of the fake CIA setup. 
Um, and <clears throat> so he shows up, and after they do their little deal, he shoots him in the neck. But he's still alive, and Alice is trying to pull him close, whatever. But the guy gets back to a sniper weapon, and he shoots her, uh, shoots him, and ends up killing him. And it's sad. Alice does escape, though. Um, you find out later that Wilson's also the person that did a bunch of these other killings and stuff. But anyway. Uh, Alice figures it all out, so she leaves. And she, I don't know how exactly she was able to track where Michael Douglas was going to meet with the, uh, the lead guy of the fake interrogation stuff. But they end up meeting... And they're talking about, uh, here's the money for the Moroccan kid, here's, you know, this and that. It's like, oh, we owe your seat, and he's like, a receipt, and he's like, because I'm not dead, and that's when she walks out and stuff like that. Uh, she presumably kills the one guy, but she went in with an unloaded gun. And Michael Douglas is able to escape from her after he basically admits everything to her and stuff like that. <clears throat> but then she's able to track him down. And that's when you see Wilson meet up with Douglas talking about this, or talking about the weapon and stuff. He's like, it's five minutes, you know, you blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, I'll wire you your money because everything's set up. And then Alice shows up. She shoots once, but at like the pillar, not really... <laughs> at Michael Douglas and then the Wilson guy shows back up to help out Douglas and uh, he dies here Alice is able to shoot him and kill him and then she uh, wrestles with Douglas but she's hanging f like <laughs> so they're up really high and they're in the stairwell and she's hanging on barely and uh, he goes to like kick her off or whatever but she's able to get him in a, a submission maneuver and uh, she's able to like break his hand to grab the phone to press stop on the weapon she's also able to like flip him over and he falls to his death so she saves the day and all that goodness uh, the CIA, and then John Mal John Malkovich's character, he works at CIA, and he's like, you know, we could skip my apology to you and, you know, you coming in for blah, blah, blah. Mercer's still out there, so Mercer was the guy that was supposed to do the meetup. So he's still out there, and we don't want to let him go free. And <clears throat> he basically asked her to come back to work full-time, get in the field and stuff like that. So she's happy. She obliges to do it. And, uh, so she meets him in Prague, Czech Republic. <clears throat> and as he's about to meet with somebody, presumably... Well, we know where he's gonna meet with somebody, because it's all set up that way. I don't know if that guy was working with Alice or not, but we knew that he was gonna meet somebody. I, I don't know who, but, uh, that happens, and... Um... As he's walking down these stairs, you see, well, you see Boots. I was like, well, that, obviously, that's Alice. But she does it all badass, which I wasn't quite expecting. I was expecting, like, uh, her coming from the other side, and as he's running towards the one guy, the, the Moroccan guy is like, hey, 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 and Mercer turns around, and then he gets shot in the head or something like that. But no. She's walking up and just real quick with a, like, retractable knife, you know, has the knife out, just slices him in the groin. And he just bleeds out. And then she, like, retracts the blade. 
puts her hand in her pocket and just keeps on walking. Gets in a car with John Malkovich. He hands her a stack of passports. She's back in business. You know. Man. It was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I like movies like this. For, like, I don't know why, but... Within the last couple of years, I, I became really into, like, these kind of thrillers. Like, action thrillers like this. Spy thrillers, crime thrillers. I don't know. Something about it. It was awesome. It really was. Um, they were going to dispose of some virus, whatever. There's been plenty of movies that are talking about, like, a virus and stuff like that to, like, you know, make people get sick and stuff like that. Honestly, I don't know if the, the, the COVID pandemic should have happened. There should have been people, like, people shouldn't have been like, oh, that will never happen. They should have been like, okay, what if it does happen? Let's have a contingency plan. Like, The Born Legacy was all about that. This movie was about, not in, like, the grand scale of a huge pandemic or anything like that, but sort of about it, you know? They even mentioned the other stuff, like the the Ebola epidemic, uh, 9-11, which wasn't about viruses or anything like that, but, you know, you get the point. That was Michael Douglas's whole justification. He's like, we need to control everything. We need to be this, this, and that. We need to have access to medical records without any issues. We need, like, basically wants the government to have all power for everything and anything. Um, and he says that he's doing it for the love of the country. I don't know if all that is, you know, believable. Like, it's, it's hard to believe that. I mean... But the movie was great. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. And I like uh, Numi Rapace, even though I, that's probably not how you pronounce her name. Uh, oh, okay. So apparently she's Swedish. And let's see if we can listen here. What the hell? Apparently you can't download it something for no fucking reason. No and me, no, no me, repaz, repays. I don't know. I'm saying it wrong. I, I guarantee. Oh yeah, that's right. She was part of the the girl with the dragon tattoo uh, series. I never had an interest in watching that, but I don't know. I really like her, so maybe I will. I thought she was fantastic in Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadows. Oh, she got divorced in 2011. I wonder why she kept the stage name Rapace then. Because that was her husband's name. Her maiden name is Norin. But it has an accent over the E, so I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. She's been working since the 80s. Yeesh. She's only 42, but... Um... 
I mean, Unlocked is the most recent movie I've seen her because I just got done watching it, but I think Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadow is, like, might be the only thing I've really seen of her, unless she's in, like, a TV show or something. None that I recognize. She was in a lot of stuff in, like, Sweden or whatever, but... Huh. Well, it is what it is. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed this segment. Unlocked. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. I enjoyed it. If you like those kind of like, you know, if you like spy thrillers or crime thrillers or action thrillers is what like the basic genre is called. But if you like that kind of stuff, then, you know, you'll definitely like this movie, I think. Um, I mean... I'm pretty good at predicting what's going to happen next in most, you know, movies or TV shows or anything like that. I'm not perfect. Uh, I've definitely gotten things wrong before, but I, usually I'm pretty good at what's going to happen next, uh, especially with these kind of this kind of genre. Um, and if you're not, then I think you really will enjoy this kind of stuff. I mean, unless you listen to my spoiler, you know, take on the movie. <laughs> but you know, enjoy it, it's a good time, just uh, you know, watch it, um, like I said, until May 31st, it's on HBO Max, even though I don't know when this segment's gonna appear on a Monday mix, so, it might be after May 31st, and me telling you that you have until May 31st doesn't even matter, I don't know, we'll see what happens with our lives, uh, but yeah, that's it for now, and, uh, I don't know, I don't know what's coming next, because I'm just doing a bunch of pre-recording stuff, so... Hootie-hoo!